let me give you an announcement. Just uh, I'll, I'll read it to you, and then you can uh, you can figure out what you need to do with this. But Happy Mother's Day! This year, we're supporting the Pregnancy Care Center once again. This is something we do on a regular basis. It's always kicked off on, on Mother's Day. This ministry, the Calgary Care Pregnancy Center, cares for uh, teens, it cares for youth, it cares for women and for men who are experiencing challenges related to an unexpected or unplanned pregnancy. Be sure to visit their website to make your donation or on the back table uh, you'll find some uh, baby bottles that you can collect coins for their ministry. You don't have to just support them financially. You can also support them by praying for them and sharing the campaign with your family and friends. Your donation of money and also of time through prayer uh, enables that ministry to actually flourish. Before we get into what I believe I'm going to share, what I'm supposed to share with you today, I, I want to take a moment and actually celebrate the females that are amongst us. Let me make some statements to you. You'll resonate with some of them. Some of them, you'll know somebody. But to this, uh, to our women, to those who celebrated the birth uh, of your first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day, and you wear the badge of food stains on your clothes, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who have walked the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes and prods and tears and disappointments, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make things harder. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment and heartache and distance between you and your children, we sit with you. To those who have lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who have experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who have lived through driving tests, medical tests, and this overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not yet turned out the way that you thought it would. To those who have stepped in to step-parent, we walk with you on those complex paths. To those who envisioned lavishing love on your grandchildren, yet your dream has not come true yet, we wait with you. To those who will have empty nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those of you who have placed your children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness. And remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are currently pregnant with new life, both unexpected and surprising, we anticipate with you. Now together as a church, we celebrate you women. 
Women have always been used by God to point people to who he is. I have loved this series that we're in. It's, it's teaching me new things. Jehovah. Jehovah, there's all kinds of names and meanings that are attached to who the name of Jesus is. Two weeks ago, we looked at Jehovah Rapha, the God who actually heals. Last week, we talked about Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. This week, the question that kept wrestling through my mind was simply this. What happens when life starts to fall apart around us? Do I or do you turn to God first? Do we talk to him? Do we trust him to help us out? Well, that fits our theme today, which is Jehovah Nisi. Many of us have probably never, ever heard that word, or we've heard it and went, oh, I get it, but we really don't understand what it is. When was the last time that you faced a situation where the odds were stacked against you? I I loved looking this week, and this will kind of be the downer, but let me give you some statistics this week. Someday, unless Jesus comes back first, every person in this room will die. You don't have to write that down. You know that. How do you think you'll actually die is the interesting thing. See, I told you it was sobering on Mother's Day. The the odds, so here's some statistics for you, okay? The odds that you will die in a car crash are about one in a hundred. Today, everybody seemed to be on the roads as I slowly made my way from Airdrie. Uh, The odds that you will die in a fiery, uh, like a house fire, are about 1 in 800. See, encouraging. Some of you are writing this down. Here's one for you. That you'll die by electrocution, you know, because that's something that is small, but as a church, we experience that with with Clint, is about 1 in 5,000. That you will die in a flood, are about 1 in 30,000, or a tornado, 1 in 60,000. It's really encouraging so far. That you will get bit by a snake and die. Okay, that's about 1 in 100,000. George, be careful. That you will be killed by lightning. It's 1 in 2.8 million. Now you're going, that's how Matt spends his time all week, just uh, looking at these statistics. Here's the interesting one, okay? Stay with me for this one. That lightning, one in 2.8 million. The world record of being struck by lightning, because that's where your mind goes when you're looking at the internet, is by a guy named Roy Sullivan. He's a forest ranger. He's been struck by lightning seven times. That guy should play the lottery, probably. The odds that you will die by food poisoning. Some of you are going, yep, I'm going to my mother-in-law's house today. But the odds that you will die by food poisoning are about one in three million. Okay, so you've got all those statistics now. Trust me, it'll make sense. In our life, there are always times where we feel like everybody and everything is against us. What do we do, actually, when we face insurmountable, overwhelming problems? As the Israelites grew in their relationship with God, the names that they called God actually changed. Jehovah 
Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. If you have your Bibles, I'd love you just to go to Exodus 17, just for a second there. We're not going to look in at a specific verse, just kind of keep it open to you, just for a second here. Exodus 17, the Israelites were attacked by the Amalekites. You might remember this story when I start to say it. See, they fought one another, and as long as Moses had his staff raised, they were winning. But when the staff was dropped, they started to lose. So you had these two guys, Aaron and Hur, who held up Moses' hand as Joshua was in the battlefield. And eventually the Israelites won. After winning the battle, Moses built this altar and he looked at the altar and he said, This is Jehovah Nisi. The word he, the Hebrew word nisi actually comes from the word nais, which means standard, and it's a derivative of the Hebrew word, which means to lift up. The Lord is our standard, our watermark. And the Lord is someone who lifts us up. Authors actually translated it differently. They actually said, let's use the word Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. See, it's talking about the fact that when you and I get into trouble, the one thing that we do is we need to lift up, just like Moses' arms were lifted up. Banners, whether they're in front of a business or in front of a church, usually reveal an identity. They're a rallying point for people. So the name Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner, really means this, the Lord is my defender. In saying that God is our banner, we mean that God is the one who we trust to defend us when things get tough. So today, our challenge is to call on Jehovah Nisi, the God who defends. Let let me illustrate this by by giving you a story, and we're going to walk through it the entire message time uh, uh, from Israel's history. So if you have your Bibles, now you can flip to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be behind me. We're just going to walk through this story because it gives us a great definition of What does it mean to be the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisi? Look at verse 1. Anytime we read God's word, remember, throw ourselves into the story. After this, verse 1, the Moabites and the Ammonites, with some of the, and don't get mistaken, that's not Mennonites, Meunites came to war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, these men come to see Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It's already in Tamar. Look at verse 3. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat revealed, uh, sorry, resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah, verse 4, came together to seek help from God. Indeed, they came from every town to seek him. Then the guy, Jehoshaphat, stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord, God of our forefathers, 
Are you still not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nation. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. See, the odds were heavily stacked against Israel. They were just that little country. There there were nations, these three nations that had brought their vast armies together to destroy Israel. So what enemy are you facing this morning? What's the situation that you actually feel defeated on? Today we're going to look at Jehoshaphat and deal with how did he face the, the trials that he had? Here's the very first one. When a challenge comes, we need to turn to God first. Let let me tell you a little story here. Uh, Let's actually read verse 3, sorry. Uh, Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Jerusalem. Now let me tell you this story. A boy went into the candy store. He asked for the, the guy behind the clerk to, to wrap three bundles of candy, one that was one pound, one that was two pound, and one that, that was three pounds. So you can just imagine this. Curious, the owner of the candy store said, why three different bags of one pound, two pound, and three pound? The boy explains that he had a date with a pretty girl that night and that after dinner with the parents, he was going out to the front porch with the girl. If the girl held his hand, she would give her, he would give her the one-pound bag of candy. If she let him put his arm around her, he would give her the two-pound box of candy or bag of candy. But if she let him kiss her, she would hit the jackpot and get three pounds of, of candy. Later that night, when he sat down to dinner, the father asked the boy to pray for the meal The boy prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. He prayed for every missionary, every church, every pastor in town. When he finally finished, the girl commented that she didn't realize that he was so religious. To which the boy replied, I didn't realize that your dad owned the candy store. Good. Okay. Some of you at Mother's Day lunch will catch that. See, the the first thing that Jehoshaphat did when he learned about the struggle? He took his problem to God in prayer. See, taking it to God should be our first choice, not our last resort. If we want to help, if we want God to actually help us overcome the issues that we face in our life, we have to take it to him first. Unfortunately, too often in my life, Taking it to God is something that is not my first thought. Prayer or giving it to God is usually the thing that I do way down the line when I've tried everything else. I've even uttered these words before. I guess all we can do now is pray. Prayer should always be our first line of defense, not our last. I want you to look back. Do you notice in verse 1 it says that after this there came a battle? Well, after what? If we looked a chapter earlier in 2 Chronicles 19, there's a story of a huge nation that is in revival. There's a spiritual awakening. There's great joy in the country. There's prosperity. There's blessing. 
It's after all of those things that the enemy starts to attack. You see, success and blessing can lead you always into a false sense of security. We all know this. We, we know that with a high, there's a low. With every mountaintop, there's a valley. With every blessing comes a testing. Friends, you, you may not be in a battle right now, but you're going to be in one tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. You may have a time of blessing right now. You may be soaring. You may be on the mountaintop, but we all come down eventually. When that happens, do we actually turn to God? Never let an impossible situation intimidate you. Let it motivate you. Let it motivate you to go to God more, expect more from God, depend more on his strength. Here's the second one. When a challenge comes, always talk to God. We turn to God by going to him in prayer. Prayer just means that we talk to God. Tell God what we're going through. There's no problem that's too big. There's no problem that's too small for us to pray about. It, It says here, and this is a huge thing in that Second Chronicles passage, it says here that Jehoshaphat actually prayed out loud. Sometimes you and I need to pray out loud. I've found that there's something about praying out loud that is helpful when hardships come. I'm not saying in a prayer meeting. I'm simply saying in your home, actually pour out your heart to God. When you feel overwhelmed, it's actually a good idea to start off in prayer like Jehoshaphat by reminding yourself of who God is and what God has already done in your life. The God who has brought you this far is not a God who's going to abandon you. Focus on God's character, his power. Remind yourself that with, all, with God, all things are possible. Sir Thomas Moore said this, The world does not not need so much to be informed as to be reminded. That's why in scripture it says this, forget not, remember, remember what I've done. When you're talking to God, make sure that you tell him how you feel. Part of prayer is being open and honest with God about your feelings. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel hopeless. So it's okay to feel scared. One of the things that I like most about the Psalms is that they contain every kind of emotion known to mankind. Go back in your Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. Listen to these great words. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we don't have the power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We have no clue what to do. But God, our eyes are upon you. Friends, we could all raise our hand and go, we felt that way. We felt powerless. We felt like there's a problem in our marriage or our career or something in our life that just was overwhelming. We felt like we can't keep going. The world had a hopeful beginning, but we know the story in Genesis 1 and 2. Man spoiled it. We trust that the story will end in God's glory, but right now it feels like the other side constantly is winning. 
Uh, Here's the third one as we keep progressing. When you face a challenge, when you face a challenge, trust God to actually help you. The, The fruit or the outcome is not that God will hear you, but that you will ultimately hear from God. The, the last part of that verse in verse 12 that we just read, our eyes are upon you. What happens when life seems to become impossible for us? We take our eyes off Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and we start to look around. If you ask most people who are going through trials, how are you doing? Most of us would say this, I'm doing okay under the circumstances I'm facing. What does that mean under the circumstances? What are you doing under the circumstances? Who put you there? Why don't you get on top of your circumstances? Circumstances are like the mattress on your bed. You can get on top of them and you'll rest easy. Or you can get underneath them and you'll suffocate. Corey Ten Boom says this, great words. If you look at the world you will be distressed. If you look within, you'll become depressed. But if you look at Jesus, you'll always find rest. In the middle of this struggle that we read about in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, God spoke to this man named Jehaziel. It's interesting that God used this man to bring these great words of encouragement. I mean, Jehaziel was just a Levite. He was a descendant of a small little tribe. And he was a worship leader. Friends, if you want to hear from God, always get into worship. Look back at your Bibles. In chapter 20, verse 15 through 17, it says this, Listen, listen, king, and all that live in Judea and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord God is actually saying to you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because of this huge army in front of you. The battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz. And you will find them at the beginning of the gorge in the desert. Look at verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. But still, take up your positions. Stand firm. See the deliverance the Lord will give you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow. Because the Lord will be with you. Friends, the, the best example that I can give you from verses 15 through 17 is simply this. It would be like we're sitting in an airplane together. And over the intercom, the pilot says, okay, everybody, we're getting ready to take off. If all of you could just start moving your legs and your arms really fast, it'll help me. God brought some of you this morning just so that you could hear this next thing. Stop flapping your arms here on earth. Whatever trouble you're facing, I've seen way too many adults who think, if I just move my arms faster, if I just get my legs moving faster, and simply we're just making a fool of ourselves. The battle is not ours. The battle is always God's. Whatever is uh, 
issue in your life? Simply name your flap and stop flapping. Here's the fourth one, and here's where the story gets fun. We need to, when we have a challenge, we need to thank God in advance. The cool thing with this story was the nation actually responded to God's promises with praise. Jehoshaphat actually placed the praise singers, the worship leaders, out in front of the army, not because he didn't like their style, but because he believed God would do what God said he would do. Look at verse 19. Then some Levites from the two tribes stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. In the early in the morning in the desert, they set out. Jehoshaphat stands in front of them. Listen to me. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in the prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people... After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Do you see how this army won? Praise defeated the enemy. Here's the interesting thing with praise. Praise is always the fruit of faith. The people were responding to what God had said. They were simply thanking God for, uh, in advance for the victory. Before it ever happened, they were thanking God. Friends, this is what praise is. Praise is a verbalized faith. If you thank God after the fact... For what he's done, that's called gratitude. If you thank God before it happens, that's called faith. God defeated the enemy. They turned on each other. They destroyed themselves while the Israelites were simply singing worship songs. Look at verse 24. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, They only saw dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So here's the question. When are you and I actually going to start thanking God for everything in our life, even the problems? Are you going to wait and see what he does? Are you telling God that you will only worship him if he does what you want him to do? Friends, so often we find ourselves in gratitude. How about thanking God now when you're in the middle of the storm? That is faith. Let's finish this story. Look at verse 26 through 30. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. This is why it's called the valley of Baraka to this day. Then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem. For the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem, went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lutes and trumpets. The fear of God came upon all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then this great verse, And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace. 
for his God had given him rest on every side. Watch this slide that's going to appear. Baraka actually means blessing. The valley of blessing. Do you have a valley of blessing in your life today? Wouldn't you love that to be true in your life? I'm living in rest. I'm living in peace on every side. The family side, the career side, the financial side, the social side, the physical side. That I have peace on every side. When you actually allow God to solve your problems, it becomes a testimony to unbelievers and the world takes notice when Christians live by faith. And God loves to demonstrate his power to those who just believe that he'll do it and expect him to work. Let me pray. God, if I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, may it be the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. May we have that valley of blessing in our life. May we not just be people of gratitude, but may we be people of faith. We thank you that you are Jehovah Nisi. That the Lord is our banner, our defender, our protector. And that we don't have to go out in this world and fight the battle all by ourselves. That we just need to simply call out to you. And the God who has angel armies will fight on our behalf. May you move us to be people of faith. Lord, we celebrate mothers today in whatever way that means. We thank you for females in this church who represent Jesus to a world that desperately needs it. We lift them high today. We thank you for the gift that they have given us in our lives. Lord, we love you. We ask all this in your most powerful name. Amen.